Okay. We're recording now on a Sunday. We've got this time booked in now for the foreseeable future. Um, so yeah, we're sticking to these early podcasts, but again, another week done. The first after an international break. And it's actually kind of a big deal this week because we've got someone on the podcast who is the only person in the world to get over 50 points. So, P.S., you want to explain how you managed to do that? Um, if the listeners uh, were tuned in to the last episode, uh, I brought in Nick Pope as discussed on the pod. And Big Man brought me six points, which was absolutely massive on a free transfer. And then my faith in Levi Colwell, six points. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Gabrielle finally finally uh, repaying, and then I've got Salah for ten, Haaland for twelve, and then Alvarez for nine. I guess what Foden and Matoma with two, and Yudogi with two. So yeah, I done mean, really yeah, really well. It's yeah done v- very well, and this is like the comeback that I needed since I spoke on the last pod that Tom and I have had like a pretty awful start to the season, and this has really really started to turn the start of my season around, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. It just goes to show just one just one good game week and you're right back in the mix. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you had, a, you had a... It's all by relative standards. You've had a brilliant week because obviously 50 points in other game weeks is, you know, it could be a terrible week. Um, but yeah, obviously on this occasion, it was very good. But yeah, for me... Um, so I took... A, actually, you know what, Thomas, you go first because I'm going to talk in depth for a bit with, with some of my decisions. Yeah, so, I mean, what were we just going over last week quickly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pretty bad week, but I could have been I could have been all right in the end. Um, I had Alvarez on my bench, which, I, you know, I always felt like it was a mistake, but Brighton had been quite poor at the back. I had the two United boys, and I, I don't know why I played both. I really should have just benched one of them and played Alvarez, uh, um, considering West Ham's a bit of a better fixture, but... Yeah, I, I finished on what thirty three points with Turner to play. So I mean, a best we can hope for maybe forty. Um, which you know, my team's looking good to go. I, I didn't actually make a transfer, and I had two, so I burned one completely. Which was it now looking like a mistake because I wanted to get rid of Jackson, just didn't really have the cojones to go against Bournemouth. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm in a bit of a weird position, but I need to kind of figure out if I'm going to wild card in nine, um, or if I'm going to wait a bit later. Mm-hmm. yeah that's fair um no so with my team i got 42 points but so which is not great but considering i didn't have harlan captain i'm actually kind of happy with that um so i obviously went with son in the end which was a, probably a surprise to you guys because i didn't even really talk about bringing in son on the last pod but i kind of looked at my team and i thought with i, I tweeted this out before the the games even happened as well so it's not even like it was um post you know whatever uh hindsight because I, I talked about how a, a load of like Ben Krellin and a load of FPL YouTubers and stuff were taking out Saka to bring in Son. And I just thought when everyone has Rashford, I thought that was really strange considering all of the things we talked about, like, like Hoyland making the same runs as him, costing him, and you know United being in a bit of turmoil behind the scenes. So I thought that would all creep into his game, which it did. I mean, I, I obviously got really lucky as well because he did have loads of chances and uh shots but i think at the end of the day a lot of that was down to rashford being actually very selfish if you look at it so many opportunities to play someone else in and but he's just making a silly selfish run or shot and yeah i think a lot of people are looking at their united assets as a way to wildcard now because they're not a fan of them but i mean elsewhere 
I did a minus four as well to do this as well. So I got Rashford for Son. And then I did Cher in as well. Cher was really good. And he's a great asset going forward. And then the other one I did as well was in Burmo in for... Um, and Burmo in for um, who did I do it for? It was Richarlison. So I mean, I'm not even mad about that. Like Richarlison got a big hit, a big haul. But like at the end of the day, I was he was going to be on my bench if I kept him. So I'm I'm not even mad about that. Um, and Burmo is a great asset going forward, probably into the essential categories when you start looking at his fixtures: Everton, Forest, and Burnley in his next four. Um, and he can even count United as a good fixture as well these days. Um, so yeah, I think looking going forward, I'm no interest in wild carding, but um, I'm kind of happy with the way my team's set up. Yeah, a real a real positive week all around, to be honest. I mean, I thought when I saw the Son thing, I thought you were gonna get absolutely burned, but it's honestly been very very lucky. Like going against Holland for the captaincy and all that, it's just I don't know. I, I respect it, but at the same time, like god damn <laughs> yeah oh for sure i could have i could have got absolutely murdered by that you know i was watching match of the day and my god he missed some absolute sitters which you'd never ever see with harlan he missed two sitters he genuine sitters as well he that was the bernardo silver goal where he could have easily have just tapped it in himself and then a load of you know one-on-ones which you know never which aren't exactly bankers but for someone like harlan you'd expect him to put away so for him to get six points I feel like that's a win for me, even though I lost out. It's a win. Uh, yeah, the FPL gods are on your side. Yeah, exactly. That was, you know, on another day, that's a 20 plus point haul day. So, yeah. you know, we take that all day long. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really big um, turning point this this week going into game week nine and all that, because people are kind of going to be able to decide whether they can wildcarding game week nine are they going to set up for game week nine right now i think a lot of people are waiting for the assets but i'm really worried that now's the time because if you really look at the fixtures the even the hard ones are quite good i i don't think of spurs like a spurs away i feel like liverpool could easily get two goals brighton is, is, is the same um and west ham and everton both, both at home i don't even know if i'd like to wait have you guys really thought about because i don't think any of us have liverpool players at the moment do we other than pierce and salah yeah, I just have yeah. Salah. That's the only yeah. one. Yeah, no, Salah, Salah's a good pick to have. You don't have to think about it too much. But I think, I mean, potentially going forward, I mean, we're probably recording this at a bad time to talk about Liverpool assets, in all honesty. Probably the better time to be doing this is after the Europa League game because we'll have a lot better idea of the guys who, you know, rotate well in the Europa League, you know. Because I'm thinking, as of right now, someone who's really good. I talked about him a lot, and I don't think it's because he's a good asset, but I think it's because he's nailed in the league. Is Sabozlai like I? I don't necessarily think he's someone you must transfer in, but I think as of right now of recording, you know, compared to guys like Diaz, Jota, um, Darwin, Gakpo, all of them are good prices. But before this Europa League game, and we can really talk about them, uh, Sabozlai is going to be pretty nailed in the league. But I feel like after that Europa League game, if we see you know a front three of Darwin, Gakpo, and Diaz, then I feel like Jota would be the option. So it's all about kind of. Uh, waiting on that to be honest yeah absolutely um have you guys kind of looked into who in the next couple of weeks is an ideal person i mean because the, the problem i have i'm sure you guys are the same are you trying to get salad at all um it's a good question but now that i've gone for son 
I'm good. I think I'm going to struggle too because at the end of the day, when it came, when it came for me to transfer in Son, I wasn't at all like scared about the next two games. Like, of course, it was Sheffield United, and I wanted more from that. You know, you can't deny that. And then at Arsenal, Liverpool. But I still feel like Arsenal and Liverpool are fine fixtures. And if I've just gone and done a minus four to bring Son in, I just he's expensive in his own right. And it's going to be difficult unless I get rid of Saka, who, you know, value for money is difficult to 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 weigh up for getting Salah. And then same for Foden. I've, Foden's been really annoying. But again, I just think he's such a good asset. And I'm just kind of biding my time with Foden. Um, so yeah, I think that's my sort of plan. I don't think I could, I'm going to go for Salah, but I can see myself going for the alternative guys, depending on the Europa League game. Yeah, um, I'm very torn on it. I should have done it this week, but there was virtually no way for me to do it that I like thought was, you know, going to work in the long term and actually be worth the minus four. Um, but I, I think I'm going to push for Milan. I think West Ham at home is a good. From what I saw this weekend against Man City, I think West Ham at home is a good fixture. Liverpool obviously gaining some form. I think they've kind of completed the midfield, so a bit more trust um, in Salah actually scoring, you know, bigger holes and being possible captain option. Um, but yeah, Chris, you you holding on to Salah this whole time? I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very difficult at the. I, the money side of it is just very, very difficult. I've, I'm struggling with it. But I think... Um, I feel like but, my players aren't expensive and it's still so different. I mean, I I just think it's definitely worth keeping an eye out with these, um with the, the Europa League games just because I watched that Liverpool game and just when, when, uh, when Darwin's on the pitch, he's just the focal point on the pitch and there's just no way around that. You know, when Salah... Um, you know, Salah obviously got good good points tally in the end. You can't complain at all with ten points, but you know it, it's from assists, which isn't the ideal way to be picking up your points. You want to be scoring goals. That's how you get bonus points. It's worth three times. It's worth double the amount of points for a midfielder, so or nearly double. And you know, or you know, ultimately, it's just kind of annoying when it's that much money to go for someone who's not even, you know, the complete, complete goal threat in their team. Because Darwin, no matter what, like, as much as he won't start every game, he's a big, big part of that team. You know, 60 minutes, they throw him on because he's just changes the game completely. And he's such an important point of, of Klopp's system. Like, whether or not he's frustrating is a different question. He's he's incredibly, you know, active on the pitch. So when, when Salah, it kind of diminishes Salah's total value, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it's it is tough to ju- justify, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I also it it just feels like it's getting to a point where I, it's too hard not to captain hard. Um, the only time is maybe this Arsenal away fixture, but I don't even know if that's a bad fixture for Haaland realistically. Um, every other game is is doable. I mean, what game in the entire year would you not captain Haaland? Maybe <laughs> Arsenal. Now you're completely maybe, right. It's it in terms of like a fixture in its own right, it it would be incredibly difficult to to sort of do it. Um but at the end of the day, like he still isn't gonna bag in every single game, of course. So yeah, you do kinda of, I think you have to pick your spots. Like I tried picking my spot this week, it didn't work out, but it didn't kill me either. And I'm happy to try again when when it looks like it. Like, obviously, right now, while he's in a ridiculous vein of form, it looks impossible not to. But we saw periods last season where he 
he went three games without a goal and you know those those sort of things happen he's not he's not completely completely you know 10 points week in week out yeah no i, I can agree with that i mean we're just gonna have to find our spots if you really want a game this year um i think one one area that i'm looking at with uh with nico jackson is newcastle forwards i said this again last week i'm looking at their fixtures right now they play uh what's it called sheffield burnley west ham crystal palace Next yeah. four games. I mean, the, the, I think, and and I said on the pod, it's either Isak or Wilson. Wilson back to pen. It's well, I mean, just... that's the thing, though. I think you were saying last week you were talking about Isak and like Wilson started. Like, obviously, uh, the Newcastle forwards are going to do well. You can't deny that. But you're going to pick one. You're not going to pick both Isak and Wilson. No, no, no. Yeah, I just don't know which one to go with at the moment. But, but I would say, I would, wait for Nico. Yeah, I would have said if you were going to do it, it would have been um, it would have been Wilson just because. Isaac is the man in the Champions League and Wilson, yeah. Wilson's going to do it in the league. And then I think you have to just listen to the full Eddie Howe press conference and see if he gives anything away um, to see if you can start him or not. But yeah, yeah it's well, not... like that. Those run of fixtures there, especially with now that I got Pope and goal, I'm really liking Newcastle. Yeah. It's just, it just looks too good. I mean, they're not yeah. they're not in a absolutely free scoring, you know, vein of form right now. They've only got, you know, three goals in their last three games. Sorry, three goals in the last four games. Um, so when it comes to that, you know, maybe their defense is maybe the avenue to go down because at least you can you can go down the nail route compared to the forwards. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about defense. Because I feel like there's so, there's so many options in midfield and the forward line, but is there really that many options in the defensive line? Because I can't really seem to to kind of pinpoint people that have to be in my team. Even TAs, like it's hard, so hard to justify with this price and mm-hmm. with Salo being on the market too. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was I have to say, but I was watching um, I was watching match of the day last night, and someone who looked incredible as a as a defender asset was uh, Matty Cash. The amount of chances that fell to him in the box. Um, I'll tell you what what it was. His XG was... Um, let me see if they have on the fancy app. It's 0.68. 0.68, precisely, yeah. So that's... For a, def- for a defender, that's absolutely ridiculous. And he... it was that, That's from like three shots as well, I think. So it's not even a big chance he missed. There's three of them that was... Um, um, that big chances they fell to fell to him in the box. So I think he looks like oh maybe not Matty Cash exactly, but again they've got a difficult fixture this week Chelsea away. So I don't think it's worth bringing him in now. But over the next sort of three game weeks, I think it's worth seeing how Moreno comes into the team and and then when we do our game week nine wild cards or whatever, um, Villa's fixtures turn again. So I think they they're probably the route to go down for that Wolves game maybe. So game week eight. It's worth bringing in a Matty Cash or a Moreno, depending on who looks who looks more nailed. Yeah, Villa are doing pretty decent. They're still winning all the, the easier games per se this season. I, th- I think Cash will get spot cemented for a bit. I don't see why they would put Conza there and complicate things. I get the whole like uh, not having both attacking wing backs, but Moreno is like not crazy. Uh, he gets he gets back. He plays more auxiliary than he does just pure. Like mm-hmm. Chilwell or Matty Cash style, which is just like right all over the box. Playing as a right winger, practically left winger. Um, 
But yeah, I, I'm probably going to bring in as soon as these Chelsea Brighton fixtures are done because Chelsea could be a result, but um, Brighton would be quite difficult to get a clean sheet, and mm-hmm. you're relying solely on attacking returns. Um, also, you like you said, Europa League might be worth seeing what happens there. He, I'd imagine he easily gets benched for that, and if he does, I think that's a good sign. I mean, you mean Conference League even? So, um, yeah. So yeah. I, I doubt. I doubt they've got a pretty easy group for that. So I doubt they'll. Um... They'll play their like absolute strongest eleven. They've got good guys on the bench who you know it's a good opportunity to give them minutes. Uh, kind of like what West Ham did last season. They just in the group stages they kind of just played rotated sides and easily got th- got through those games. Um, and then yeah, uh, you know what? Like so, defenders. Uh, yeah, I think outside of Matty Cash, who else have you? Who else have you sort of noticed? Actually, um, oh sorry, or oh, even even more important, I guess everyone's got Chilwell, or at least a lot of people have Chilwell. Well, PS, you're the Chelsea expert here. What? <laughs> uh, how is he nailed going forward? I, I don't know. I think something something's going on here with this whole team because, uh, and if you listen to the press conference or you just saw on Twitter, um, about like someone asked Poch how he can improve going forward. And he said he's really disappointed with how far the wingbacks are getting high, are getting up. Meanwhile, he's putting Chilwell as a left winger. So I'm confused as to what what's going on there and why he has his players playing that high up. But then he's saying at the end of the game that like he doesn't like it. It's like sort of that. You need to you need to fix with what positions they're going to be playing in. So I think we might see um, the wingbacks, whoever it might be. And I know Cucurella is out, uh, but what is it like? the sassy was at like left back for a little bit and stuff so um yeah i think they're gonna be i think they're gonna drop back more than what we've seen in the last what four or five games but it's chill well nailed <laughs> yeah yeah sorry yeah yeah i still think yeah. he's nailed yeah uh you think you still think so because i saw somewhere yeah um someone was asking potch about it and he he i think he said that he was just dropped for performance reasons and uh, from what I saw on Twitter as well, I think people were saying that Mudrick had a good game. So um, I think there's a potential. Yeah, I, he's, he's completely. Yeah, I, I recorded the game and kind of watched it at like 1.5 times speed mm-hmm. uh, for most of it, and he looked he looked actually quite good. I'm still kind of shocked as to why he hasn't been playing. Maybe it's due to injury or some some weird stuff, but he should be getting the minutes on the left hand side. I mean, paid a decent amount of money, and instead for the first four games he's played like Chilwell as a left wing. Mm-hmm. forward and stuff like that so it's it's very bizarre yeah no for sure i think chill well is kind of a frustrating one right now I, I might i might not transfer him out this week but just for the hope that he's back for fulham just because i think if he's starting in that fulham game that's potential for a chill hall just knowing yeah. how fulham are easily the worst defense in the league you know just purely by you know expected goals numbers they're conceding way more than than any other team um, um on the on the topic of defenders uh i could have just completely missed this so far this weekend but why what was the reasoning with uh Shupinen? so he was he 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 played twice in the inter- it was just yeah in yeah, south came america back. So came back yeah. they want to give him a rest fair enough and they obviously gotcha. managed managed okay so i think he's he's nailed those so he if anything, that's a great fixture for us as FPL managers to miss because United away, they didn't keep their clean sheet. He was unlikely to get attacking returns. I hadn't benched anyway, but if he's back for Bournemouth next week, I'd be delighted with that. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
I think I think all all three of my defenders that I started this week have tough defend have tough fixtures. Like Gabrielle's playing Tottenham, Colwell's playing Villa, and Udogi's playing Arsenal. Yeah, I think it's now potential for if you've got if if there's a defender you don't like, you know, so Arsenal defense, they've got a really tough run of fixtures. Uh Chilwell, obviously we're saying we think there's potential he's not nailed. I think it's it's good to to go to a, new, a Newcastle defender, even if you have one, you can double up. So whether it's Cher, Trippier, Botman, I think it's time for a triple uh, for a double up in, in Newcastle defense, just because as we were saying, the the defenders were pretty poor, and Newcastle got a good clean sheet last weekend, maybe sorting out their defense a little bit. And yeah, I think they've now got a good run of fixtures to get a couple more clean sheets. Yeah, I definitely like that. Yeah, it's, it's just a, it's a little interesting having Pope and then a defender. I remember I did that last season. I had Botman mm-hmm. and Pope for I think four or five game weeks, and I think they conceded every yeah. single time. They I think, yeah, it, it's one of them where you kind <laughs> and of that just absolutely out. like it pummels your team. If you did that at the start of the season, you'd have racked up the points. So it's all about getting that timing right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I do think this is probably the right time to do it when you've got Sheffield, Burnley, West Ham, Palace, and Wolves. In the mm-hmm. next five and four of those are most likely going to be clean sheets exactly so yes yeah i are, wanted are, to... do you guys have any uh any thoughts on the game week seven double up with burnley and luton would you would you by any yeah, chance pick anyone from those two teams to bring in on your fpl team just because they have a double game week up yeah i have an interesting proposition which i th- think i might go through with um but if I brought in Eze and Morris, I could basically rotate them where I play Eze in six, Morris in seven, Eze in eight. Um, and I'd probably wildcard after that. So mm-hmm. it's very doable. And it's Eze against Fulham at home. He's been shooting like four plus shots a game practically. Um, usually, you know, Palestine don't create clear cut chances from from it, uh, you know, every, very consistently every five, ten minutes, but mm. he's on the end of everything. He's sort of the talisman of that, and he's definitely getting the biggest share of things uh, alongside Edward. So I'm, I kind of want to just go for it. If I'm going solely for those two games with the wild card in hand, kind of, you know, in my back, in the back of my head, ready for nine or ten. Um, it seems like fun. And <laughs> Morris is not bad. I, I, I don't like the idea of Luton at all, but he's already returned. Decent number, I think like 18 points or something this year. It is Everton and Burnley who are arguably championship teams themselves. Um, and so, like, why why don't you just give it a go? Uh, I don't see why not. He's cheap. I think a lot of us are looking to get Jackson out. He's also got a good Wolves game at home if you really uh, wanted to play him or were interested in that because he could probably return there. Um, his numbers aren't incredible, but they're fine. He's definitely involved and he's, he's their main man. So, Interesting. Yeah. No, I, I really like that shout. Uh, and on that on on that note, I agree agree about Eze. Obviously, he's had a pretty tough start to the season. He's not been great for owners uh, who had him all the way through. But if you look at his numbers, they're still there, still getting his shots, still getting his uh, XG. But another guy who me and you had a bit of a disagreement about, Edward, he could be a really, really fun differential. You know, I think one of the Crystal Palace attackers have always been really um, good prospects, Elise, Eze, and then obviously Zaha in years gone by. But the striker was always one you avoided because they always either started Edward or Mateta. But you're looking at it this season, the second top goal scorer in the league is Edward. 
And I mean, if that doesn't make you a nailed on starter, I don't know what, what does. So a 5.5 mil, that's very, very cheap. Same price as Morris. And, you know, for all intensive purposes, I think Morris is not great. I think he's a really bad player. Uh, he's just a championship striker, you know, at the end of the day. And he, I think his his goals are going to come from probably penalties for the most part. And yeah, you could get lucky with a penalty goal. He's got a double game week. They 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 can come, but he's he's not going to offer you at all outside of that. Um, so I think someone like yeah. Edward in a very creative team, you know, I think Elise is going to come back. F- Wednesday, I, th- I think he's not back fit for a while, to be fair, but... They're still pretty creative, this Crystal Palace team. And Edouard, I've seen enough of him at Celtic. He is very patchy. And if you catch him in a good patch, like now, you could uh, get some good good numbers from him. Yeah, I, I don't mind either of them simply because those fixtures are good. Um, and they're probably rotatable, so you don't have to play them against Manu and Newcastle. Yeah, um, yeah. But I also feel like with Edouard, it's like you, if you're going to do Edouard, you, you may as well do Essex. They put up similar if not, as it puts up better numbers, plus he's on mm-hmm. pens. Mm-hmm. And he's the 90-minute man, which you can't guarantee every time with Edward. Um, even though he's in form, so he should be playing around there for, for now. I guess he's he's a way, um, I guess he's a Edward is more of a way away from Jackson rather than as a as yeah. you kind of have to have different issues in the field. I don't really know what you downgrade to Eze if you're forced like a Rashford, but you're kind of forcing it. Or Bruno. Yeah. yeah. Tom, I, I wanted to ask, because you were talking about Foden before, um, but are, are you still a fan? Because I'm honestly, I think I'm ready to ditch. And I think playing Foden has been, uh, like this week kind of hindered me playing, benching Alvarez. And I, I don't know, I just don't think he's, if you look at his numbers, his, his goal involvement is really poor. Other than the first two games, which were pretty decent, he's not really done anything. If Fulham, he was pretty poor. He wasn't very involved despite five goals. Um so, like, on an FPL purpose, I just don't know if he's really still that asset. I think Alvarez and, and Holland are hogging things. I think Doku's come in and he's a bit of a threat. Um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about Foden. I feel like both Mbwemo and Eze are a lot better value for the, at least the next coming weeks. Yeah. Even though Nottingham, Nottingham Forest and Wolves are great fixtures coming up. That's that's the thing. They've got just two brilliant fixtures coming up. And, you know, like, so my, I think my, one of my decisions this week um, – was put uh, between a benching of Alvarez, Foden, and and Bremer. and I was pretty set on Alvarez benching because of his uh, because of playing ninety minutes in you know in in Bolivia and Argentina over the international break. But I saw some Man City guy on Twitter talking about Alvarez and saying he was just ridiculously fit, and you know, and I was just like, okay, I can't bench him because you know there's you know even if he plays sixty minutes, it's Man City are always capable of blowing a team out and I think when when a team has that capability even against the West Ham away I know they didn't blow them away but they could have and when you have that top possibility I just think I know Foden's not been crazy with the um with with goal scoring chances and probably in the same way as as Alvarez and Haaland but I just can't I, I really can't get away from him like I just think we see it all the time with with City guys where sometimes it's just a bit streaky. Like, look at it with Bernardo Silva. He's now picking up points. And then Alvarez. And I just think sometimes chance Adoku as well. Like, yeah, you could... I just think you have to go with the triple up when they're so cheap with City. Like, you know, you could move to a defender, but their defense hasn't been keeping clean sheets. So I just can't really see a reason to shift away from him, to be honest. Yeah. I think I'm I'm just excited about other guys. I want to move on. Um 
Yeah. Makes it tough, but yeah even this is the thing like as long as i as long as i feel like foden and alvarez are nailed i think even during their really tough fixture run i don't think i would get rid of them because you know city is good for a goal in every single game and not even just a goal it'll be a few as well so i I think i'm i'm a bit of a foden um you know fan and so yeah it's i'm i'm I, i can't think of anyone who i'd sell him for Unless it's Salah, but obviously you have to find a ridiculous amount of money to get get that. Yeah, I'm debating getting rid of him and keeping both Bruno and Rashford. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I mean, what were your thoughts about Bruno? I think I genuinely think he might get benched. I think he might get benched this week. Uh-huh. He got benched the other week. He's just so capable of, of being sat down, and they got those. They got some new guys in. Like, Mateus Nunes with Cape, and I imagine he gets some time soon. He came off in the 60th minute today. I mean, this week, which wasn't uh-huh. really great. So yeah, I'm, uh, it's it's like last week with Jackson. I just saw so many signs that like weren't going towards Chelsea's way, and it's still the fixtures swinging me. And I don't, I don't really want to stick to that. I think I want to try and get past those before it's an issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean that's fair. That's fair. I can I can I can see the reasoning, but I think for me, I, I'm just too big of a fan of of City forwards that I just think you're always capable of missing out on a major haul. Um, so yeah, that's 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 my sort of thinking on it. Um, so actually, Nicholas Jackson as well. He's obviously a big talking point. You guys in the cell camp right now, or because he does have he has a tough game this week, but Fulham and Burnley are two really good fixtures after that, and he should still be nailed for them. Yeah, I mean, he's still nailed. We don't really have like a backup striker. Like, so, yeah, I mean, is, who else is going to play? Who else is going to play? And yes, yeah, so, I mean, surely, what are you thinking? Are you looking to get away from him? Or I, I still am, but I'm also I'm biased, mate. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want him to do well. Like, having him in my team just mm-hmm. makes it that much more that I want him to do well. But at the same time, like I said at the start of the pod, like. I don't for some reason something's talking to me in the back of my brain saying get Newcastle forward. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna have to make some decision. Uh, I'm gonna check on Twitter and see any uh, Chelsea journalists posting anything about maybe giving him a rest or something. But like you can't even do that because like Broha's still coming back from injury and Kunku's still out. Like, yeah, like, there's no other option. So he's like kind of forced to play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm I'm not in the cell camp just just yet like not right now as it's sunday evening but uh yeah that it, that could change in the middle of the week so i'm i'm, I'm still 50 so you guys you guys both have madison right yeah are you going to are you yeah. starting him this week yeah uh, probably yeah i don't really have like another option to play unless like i wanted to sub him out for a stupid yam but i think i'm going to sub out uh Udagi for s2 yeah so a bench dogi yeah yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I think I've just had such a frustrating situation with Son, to be honest. Like, you know, starting striker against Sheffield United. I mean, there was a lot of talk about it in the pre-match about how Son's not good against a low block, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out that he actually didn't have the best game, you know. His numbers weren't anything special. Um, and even more infuriating is Richarlison coming on, obviously the guy who I sold Son for. And... You know, getting getting a great goal and assist to win the game, and maybe earning himself that starting striker spot again, which puts Son out wide 
of which he was really poor when he was out wide as an FPL asset. So it kind of puts me in a really annoying situation where I I kind of have to just deal with it right now. I have to start him. I'm obviously not going to sell him um, until I see that he's starting on the wing. But if he is starting on the wing, man, he's uh, a lot of money. And I'm kind of just banking on him doing the business short term because, yeah, he's he's not someone I would... If, if him and Madison were the same price and Son playing wing, I would still have Madison. So it's very frustrating. Yeah, I yeah. think Madison's the Madison Doug is the easy thing. Just stick to that. I don't think there's many people outside of it. If anything, I would double up on defense. I go poorer. <laughs> really? So I'd probably stay away from the rest of the Spurs lads. Um, even Pape Sar. If, if Pape Sar. I was going to say. I was going to mention him. Yeah. He's he's half decent and at four point six. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind him, but he's not. He plays every game, but uh, he's not guaranteed. Guaranteed, he does get stubbed and all that. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, don't need to overkill it. I don't think with Spurs. I don't think the fixtures are that crazy either. Liverpool and Arsenal in the next two. So um, yeah, it's just gonna yeah. Like if you have the double up, I think it's that's fine for these two fixtures. Like I'm, I'm not gonna. I'll probably still play them both, but I'm not gonna bring any. But yeah, after that run, then it comes ridiculously good fixtures. So yeah, uh, it's just about holding it for now, and then I'll what I'll probably do is bring in Madison, and then. You know, possibly triple up with Madison Son and Adogi for those. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's I I um I, I think I generally think I need a negative eight to get the team that I want, and it doesn't make any sense to do all the other moves that I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's really annoying. I the I'm not gonna do this again where I have three good forwards and five good midfielders and I have to like pick every week which one I want to get rid of because it's really difficult at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um I need to downgrade someone. Well, what's the argument between Rashford and Bruno, do you guys think? Because Rashford did dominate this weekend, but like you said, someone, I think he got like 0.7 XG from nine shots or something even worse than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he had, he had, yeah, 0.68 XG, 0.03 XA. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, it was something from nine shots. So obviously that's yeah. really low XG per shot. Um, yeah. It's not that he's not, in confident, he's not um confident right now because he's confident enough to take off these shots. But at the same time, he's he's just being really, really selfish. And yeah, again, it's it's kind of more of a maybe more of a sign of things going on behind the scenes that he's forcing it a little bit, and not trusting his teammates. Um, which I guess from an FPL perspective isn't necessarily a huge issue. Um, but I guess it kind of adds to more of the behind the scenes um issues of United. Um, which obviously, you know, if United are having issues behind the scene, it may, might cost them performances. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of a frustrating one. But And also, if you saw in the United game as well, Bruno was playing centre-back for the last 25 minutes. So, <laughs> like, if that's what... I mean, he's got the expected minutes, but in the position that you don't want. So, um, long-term, I think... And also because of them losing Anthony, I don't think that makes... Bruno's expected minutes any more important than Rashford because now Rashford's even more important because they don't have any other sort of world-class wingers in their ranks so you can definitely see Rashford playing major major minutes during this run as they struggle um so I think if I was going to keep one I'd probably keep Rashford yeah I'm in that boat as well I think yeah. They have no options at, out wide right now. Alanga they sold to Forest, right? And then <laughs> Anthony and Sancho 
yeah. have their uh, have their own mishaps. But yeah, yeah, I would go Rashford over Bruno. Yeah, actually, so another sort of talking point. We, we're we're in the Turner Pickford camp, and we're currently looking at two awful fixtures for two pretty bad defenses. So I mean, obviously, we have some other transfers to do. So would you guys consider a minus four on your goalkeeper? Uh, for Nick Pope, it, it makes, yeah. it everyone should have Nick Pope. Sorry, if it makes the rest of the team better, then yeah. Um, I actually think from watching today, I think Sanchez will probably be a good keeper to have at 4.5. Um, mm-hmm. he racked up bonus points even though he only had three saves, he still had like 36 or something. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe for one big chance saved or something like that. And he must have been passing a lot as well, like good completion rate. Um, so you know, if he's good in the BPS, well, I'll check where he got. Um, but it was, you know, he had an impressive ball today. It was like 10 points. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, he got four, four saves only, but he still managed to get 37 bonus points. BPS, sorry. Quite a lot for keeper. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea um, is a good good for that because they're still obviously a good good team. Like, like Kepa had this last season where they're a good team and they want their keeper to play out the back, and but they're not that good where he has to make a lot of saves, but they get the clean sheets. So when they do get clean sheets, you get some good, good hauls. Yeah, but also Tom talking about the keepers more generally. If you're doing a wild card in game week nine, I do think it's tough mm. to justify um to justify playing. I mean doing a minus four or even just making a transfer mm-hmm. on the keeper because we're not going to be that impactful. Like Pickford's got Luton and Bournemouth at home in seven and eight. I can live with that. And Brentford away, I think I'm just gonna have to live with it. <laughs> Even yeah, though I is... it, I, if he gets five, six saves or, or three or six saves, sorry, then it might be a decent. This is my thinking, yeah. Because if I had a, if I had nothing else to do, I would, I would definitely do a goalkeeper transfer. But it's just so hard to justify minus four because a minus four, if if you're if the keeper you sold gets nothing, so two points, and the keeper you buy gets a clean sheet, that's six points. That only just gives you back nothing. So you have to like buy in a keeper that's going to get bonus and saves and a clean sheet. And you just can't guarantee that on a minus four. So it's, yeah. it's just kind of ridiculous to do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess you could, you could argue that over a period of five games, you know, they outscore them by four points, but at the same time, when, when Pickford has Luton at home next, it's kind of hard to do that because he could easily pick up a clean sheet there, even though, you know, maybe they won't because it's Everton. Um. Yeah, it's a it's a tough it's a tough one. Yeah, I do think it's really tough. Um. I also I I guess just kind of looking at it, it, it it's really weird that right now Chelsea have two or three good fixtures. I don't think they're very good, but they have two or three good fixtures and then they're really bad fixtures after that. Um. So I know for a fact those guys will be gone, but it just. Yeah. So, I mean, Thomas, you got you already got rid of Gabriel, right? Uh, yeah, well, that's how I did Gusto and got that fourteen pointer. Yeah, I think. Beautiful. Again, I th- I'm pretty sure I just looked it up. So Gabriel, uh, he got he came off early in the Brazil game. It was feared that he got he got injured, but apparently there was no injury scare there. And with party out, it seems that Arsenal are playing. They're sort of old back four. So it does seem that Gabriel sort of earned his way back into the team. So I kind of do, I'm going to be waiting on all the sort of predictors and, and Arteta press conference because I'd love it if he starts. Because right now I've got a stupid man who I really don't want to start. I'm guessing you have him on your bench as well. 
Yeah, I do. Yeah, Tom, I'm in that. I'm in that boat with you as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I'm just really, really hoping that Gabriel starts ahead of the stupid hand. Yeah, it's stupid hands on my bench, but Gusto's currently inside, so I might have to uh, change that because Gusto... I think that's still. I think that's still safe, Thomas. I don't really think I haven't seen anything about Reese coming back from multiple Chelsea journalists and stuff, but I could also just be completely missing the news on that. Yeah, I'll, if I'll... he if he was, I would seriously consider having him come back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll just wait for the press conference and see. Yeah, uh, make a decision, but I'm not too bothered by that. It could go either way. That that decision. Stupidan's still a very very good player, and he gets attacking returns. It's quite. I was quite lucky not. I mean, to get away with uh, when I benched him last week. I, was it last week? Um, I benched him, I think, and he got two points. But it was a last minute clean sheet killer. So yeah, that was very very annoying. I was a. Uh... Yes, ah, God, for God's sake, I don't know why he played the 95 minutes or whatever it was. Absolutely no need to, but lost that clean sheet. Very frustrating. I think another sort of issue I'm looking at as well is, so I was talking about how I wanted to get Madison for a Charleston, but actually if I do that, I'm really, really struggling on how I fit him into my 11 because my midfield is good and my attack is good. So I'm actually mildly hoping that one of Foden or Alvarez is benched just so I can have an easy way to put Madison straight in. So I'm more so hoping that it's Alvarez just because um, actually I'm probably more going to hope that it's Foden because Alvarez is more explosive, right? Yeah. I'd, I would like to bench Foden, but I don't think he gets benched at all this week. Um, yeah. I, I think it's more likely to be Alvarez than Foden, but I would prefer it to be Foden. Yeah, exactly. I think um, one of the things I wanted to talk about before this ended was that Aston Villa lads because they've kind of gone under the radar just because like Watkins had a bit of an issue where he wasn't on pens, wasn't scoring necessarily, just getting assists. Um, and their fixtures weren't brilliant in the short term. It's looking pretty solid soon. Uh, we're, we're trying to get their fixtures up. But yeah, so Brighton at home or Wolves away in gaming seven and eight is kind of where you could target. But Crystal Palace at home this week, does Matty Cash uh, have a good reason to be in people's squads at the moment. Yes, I mean, I, I mentioned him earlier. I thought he, I think he is a really good option. Just he's very attacking. But from what I've seen, um, and obviously what a lot of the preseason chat was about Alex Moreno, who got injured, and I think he is preferred because as as we was he, it was talked a lot about preseason where uh, Emery likes one attacking defender, so one of Moreno or Cash, and obviously Moreno has been injured. But when when Moreno comes back in over Dean, uh, there's like some sort of chat that Konza would move over to right back. Um, now, I think so- that was more start of the season though, and now I th- I think people weren't sure that they were going to play five at the back as well. I don't think Konza plays as a wing back. I think it was more yeah. possible to play as the right back. Um, yeah, and it even could it honestly could also be Matty Cash playing right wing as like an auxiliary right winger. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly think he's a great option. I think he's quite locked. He's played ninety in pretty much every game except for the first when he played eighty six. Um, I I'm probably gonna wait a bit and see, like you're saying, if anything changes. Um, but I don't really expect it to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there are there are some question marks about it, and there's probably one. Uh, I'm gonna keep an eye out on like sort of Villa Twitter sort of people what they say because they obviously know Emery's. Uh, tactics best um, but yeah that's sort of something that I've seen from some FPL Twitter guys 
But you know, you never know. They those guys, those guys sometimes talk some nonsense, as we know. Um, so yeah, maybe not the best best uh, route there. But it could it could be could be the way to go. Um, yeah, and then I like I really like DRB as I said. Absolutely not selling him. I think he's he's going to be really good. And as as much as Villa do have European football, they're in the Conference League, which, uh, which for the comp for the group stages at least, they can get away with you know playing somewhat weaker sides. And for that for that matter, that means guys like DRB, probably Watkins, um, you know maybe McGinn, they you know whoever they've got some rotation there, so they can continue to keep playing the best eleven in the league that the other European sides maybe don't have that sort of opportunity to do. So they should be fairly fairly settled in the league. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Villa will be very, very good options uh, kind of right now till or game week seven onwards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, other than that... Yeah, else? I think, yeah, we, we can leave that one there. But, yeah, we'll see how we get on for the weekend. And I think, yeah, luckily there was no major, major injuries again because that would have been, that could have been a wild card for me if I'm being honest. But I yeah. yeah, managed to survive... Yeah. Okay, nice. Uh